0: And welcome into an emergency edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. He is George Bremer. I am Ryan Hickey. Just like we called George on our last pod, which we were saying, wrapping up basically the the offseason, we're going to have a little two-week hiatus here before we kind of get ready for training camp. We said there could be a chance we'll be back in an emergency fashion and not even 48 hours later, here we are back yet again because a big uh, Colts news has hit the wire. Isaiah Rogers Sr., has been suspended for at least uh, at least a year. We find out his punishment for gambling. So a lot of details to get into here, George. You, sir, obviously have the reporter background, so I'm not going to play reporter here. You, what's good? Obviously, a lot of information out there. Let's get the details correct first before we kind of dive into what this means. So, George, the platform is yours.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the news that comes out today, Isaiah Rogers Sr. and defensive lineman Rashad Berry both suspended uh, with indefinite bans are or, or what they're calling them right now of at least one year. That's what they said with Ridley uh, when he went down. That's what happened earlier this year with the Lions and, and the Commanders players that uh, also were hit under this policy. Uh, so they cannot basically what that means is they can't apply for reinstatement until the end of the 2023 season. Now Ridley was reinstated in March. I think right now the expectation is that it will be one year bans for both of them, but we'll wait and we'll see. And I think part of that depends on you know what more comes out on on Rogers' situation. He right now the ten guys now in the last two years who have been suspended under this this policy, and he's probably the most high profile one right now because he's the one active player we know of who bet on his team. Calvin Ridley bet on the Falcons as part of a parlay, but he wasn't on the roster at that time. He was injured. He was away from the team. There is some gray area there. Uh, It's still a very bad situation. It's why you ended up out for a year, Uh, but there is a little bit of gray area there in Rogers case. um, The report from David Purdom on ESPN that's out there right now uh, is he bet, he made a $1,000 bet on an over under, for rushing yards for an unnamed Colts running back. So we don't know who it was. We don't know which game it was. The bet won. We don't know if he bet over or under. But what's interesting to me about that too, you know, there's there's been six criteria going around. You've probably seen it. All the, the people listening have probably seen it. Uh what the league does and doesn't allow. Basically, there's six criteria on how you can violate the gambling policy. And we knew don't bet on team don't bet on NFL games. Don't bet in your facility. Don't bet on road trips. Uh, some other really minutia things in there. Like uh, the one that, that, that sort of, I think has the most hypocrisy to it is don't go into a sports book during the season. When four teams have sports books in their stadium, like that, that one seems a little bit off to me, but the one I think that applies here is it says don't share inside information with your team. And I think when you make a prop bet like that on an over under on your running back, if other people know this is your account and they see you make that bet, it could be interpreted as sharing inside information. So we knew he had violated at least two of the pillars and betting on NFL games and betting in the team facility. And I think that makes a third, um, which makes me feel he's kind of lucky that it's a one year deal right now. Um, At the same time, and we've mentioned this before, it's horrible timing for him. $2.7 million, a little more than that, that he was scheduled to make this year. That's gone with the release. And I think that's as much as the culture release a statement. And, and as part of that, uh, Chris Ballard said, you know, the integrity of the game is is of utmost importance. And as much as that is driving this and, and they want to send a message to the rest of the roster that if you run afoul of of these rules, you know, there will be consequences, I also think it was kind of a formality with that part of his contract there. I, I don't think as soon as this investigation started, I don't think it was likely at all that he was going to play again on that deal. And you know, if he comes back or wherever he signs, it's not going to be for the money he would have made this year. And now he misses the chance to to start for the first time and go into free agency. Uh, just a terrible time for him. And and I'll be honest with Rashad Berry, it took me a minute. I didn't immediately recognize him as, as a name on the roster. Got 90 guys right now. Um, it took me a minute to, to realize that he was on the team as well. So he had just gotten here, um, hasn't played in a regular season game since 2021 with the Lions, uh, but he is also released and, and also facing at least a one-year ban.
0: And so both of those guys that you just mentioned before were released officially by the Colts. So we'll get into that here in a little bit what that means, but also because I think you're right, George, I think overall, so Isaiah Rogers Sr. and, and Rashad Berry both suspended for at least a year. I mean, I think they're lucky, especially in the case of Rodgers. We don't really know. We know Barry bet on the NFL. We don't know. It doesn't seem like at least he didn't bet on the Colts, but he's on the Jags practice squad for like 95% of the year last year. I think he was, I think he's on the active roster on the last game of the season. I don't know if he appeared, like actually got any snaps. I know he didn't register any tackles or any stats. I don't know if he got in or not, but I would assume he probably did not bet on the Colts in that game. I think we would have heard about it, heard about it. So at least for Rodgers, the first, like I said, player to bet uh, on his team and to bring up your points, a really good one, not just the fact that he's lucky it's a year suspension, but because you could say three strikes and he should have been out in terms of betting on the NFL, betting in the team facility and inside information, ESPN in the report you're talking about with the $1,000 bet uh, on the Colts over under rushing yards, they won. Not only did they make that, you know, hit the bet, but also every other bet reported up to that point, was in the 25 to $50 range. So small bets, stuff like me and you would do on, on just a given Sunday. All those bets, for the most part, were in that range, except for this one you just talked about on the Colts rushing yards for whatever running back. I don't know if it was when Jonathan Taylor got hurt in a game or if he was coming to the, whatever it was. We don't know when it was or who it was. But clearly, Rodgers relayed information, and everyone felt strong enough to where they put a $1,000 on the bet, not just twenty five or fifty. So they really felt confident conviction of, oh, Vegas doesn't see this one right. We got this easy money, and they were right in the sense of easy money. But like you said, you violate now another pillar in terms of giving out inside information. You can't do, and just very simple, George. I don't know how you feel in terms of whether you know it was the right thing or not to cut them. But if you're the culting at this point, like I said, I think it's a formality. Number one, that we anticipated a full year suspension. So the the punishment coming down today. The only surprising part about it, and I, you brought this up, you the first was I heard say it, and I didn't think about it until you mentioned it on our emergency pod a few weeks ago when this news first leaked that he was the player being investigated for betting on his own team. I think he truly is lucky that it's only a year suspension, and he's going to have most likely another chance, probably with another team, we'll get to his feature with the Colts here in a second, but probably with another team, another chance to resurrect his career. Now, again, different circumstance than Calvin Ridley, but we saw Calvin Ridley get traded to the Jaguars. And now kind of that is in the rear view mirror going forward here. And he's gonna have a chance to really play with Trevor Lawrence because the NFL, we've seen plenty of guys do in terms of morality or legality, way worse things and get rewarded in terms of second, third, fourth chances. I'll be shocked if we've seen the last of Isaiah Rogers on an NFL field. But with that said, he's lucky. I think that he is a chance still to have his NFL career after this year long suspension, assuming, assuming, he does take the proper steps to make sure this doesn't happen again. I think he's lucky and should be almost happy in a way that it's only a year and he's still, despite sitting out and having a you know a black mark next to his name, he still have a chance eventually to redeem himself on an NFL field.
1: Yeah, and I think what that tells you is he didn't bet on the Colts to lose um, because I think if that had happened, yes. he probably wouldn't have this opportunity. Um, and also, it probably means it was the over on that running back just because My guess is it's probably one of the weeks, and it's total speculation, you know, so nobody knows, but I would think it was probably one of the weeks they had a good rushing day, and he knew they were going to run the ball a lot from practice, you know, he knew what the game plan was, and so he's going with, hey, you know, we'll go with the over because I know he's going to get a lot of carries, whichever running back it was, Um, but ultimately the league doesn't want, for that exact reason, they don't want players every player in the league knows their game plan and they can take an educated guess on a prop bet, you know, Hey, is this receiver going to score a touchdown this week? Well, I know he's a big part of the game plan. So I'm going to bet. Yes. It's not a sure thing, but you obviously are in a situation that other betters aren't and it will affect the market. If that starts to get out, especially if guys, if if the accounts they're using are known to other people, you know, I think that's one of the things that really, we talked about this before, like why the league takes this so seriously. That's one of the big things. If somebody knew, and obviously some people in Florida, according to ESPN, did know Isaiah Rogers was using this account. People who are acquaintances of him, who were maybe making bets through him. Um, at least that's the report again from David Purdom with ESPN, that, that a lot of these bets were made in conjunction with these people he knew, contacts in Florida. If that gets out, if they're talking to friends or family members or people that they know, uh, you know, it's hard to say how many people were watching that account and betting accordingly. And I think that's something the league, for a lot of reasons, most of which because we know, let's not even pretend that money's not driving this, and the, and the league making money isn't driving this. It hurts the gambling business if they feel like you know that they're the people who are taking the bets feel like there's information out there uh, from the players, they're going to be angry with the league and they they want to shut it down too. So all angles of this, if you're a better, you're probably angry that a player was using inside information. If you're you know the league. Obviously, it's bad for you in a, in a thousand different ways. I think even if you're the house, you know, in this case, you you don't like the idea that there were potentially unknown number of people in Florida who had information that that other betters didn't have.
0: Right, and that's why this is this is so important. That's why I think that like the NFL cannot. We talked about this before. We you cannot overstate the importance of the NFL nipping this in the bud and trying to prevent it. And like you said before, it's ten guys now that have been busted for either. Six games for betting in an NFL facility, but not on the NFL, on college football, MLB, whatever. And there's other players that have been now suspended a full year in part because they bet on NFL games. Rodgers being the only one so far we know of betting on an NFL game he's playing in. And the scary part is it was one guy last year, Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Now it's nine guys this offseason that have not learned the lesson. And that's why, George, when we talk about the Colts' decision today to cut both players involved in gambling, I think they made the uh, they made the right move. And they absolutely did the right thing. You mentioned Chris Ballard's statement before. just want to read it out there for in case anyone uh, has missed it. Colts announced that they did cut today, Rashad Berry and Isaiah Rogers Sr. And the Colts in that announcement did say, quote, We have made the following roster moves as a consequence of the determination that these players violated the league's gambling policy. The integrity of the game is of the utmost importance. As an organization, we will continue to educate our players, coaches, and staff on the policies in place and the significant consequences that may occur with these violations. That was from Chris Ballard. Do you agree George with the decision, especially obviously Rogers is the one of consequence here to cut him and and basically kind of end the Colts tenure, even though he's eligible to be back under the same contract, like he would be under contract in 2024 if they just didn't do anything and just had him serve the suspension. You agree with the decision to cut him?
1: I do. Um, you know, I, I think, Again, it's heartbreaking in a lot of ways because he put himself in a, in a really bad position, and he and he cost himself not just a lot of money, but an incredible opportunity. He was probably going to be a starter this year, uh, you know, on the outside, uh, and and going into free agency, I had a chance to really build momentum and really, you know, in a lot of ways, get his NFL career up and running this season. Uh, not that he hasn't, you know, had flashes in his three years here in Indy, but this was really a breakthrough type of year for him that he's not going to get now because he just didn't you know, follow the rules. But I think from the, the team standpoint, no matter what you think of the rules, no matter how you feel about the hypocrisy here with the NFL or any of the other things that, that are involved here, the league's made it clear that they're going to come down strong on this. I think by now 10 guys, uh, more than half of them out for a year, should tell you that this is a significant consequence that's going to come along with this. If you're the team – you've got to send a message to to the other 88 guys in that locker room right now. Don't do this. We will not stand for it. Um, You know, Barry's probably an easy one. Unfortunately, he was probably on the cut line anyway, but I think Rogers should, should raise some eyebrows in that locker room. He is a guy, as we said, was probably going to be a starter this year and they could have just kept him around, extended that year, left on his contract into next year and, and let things play out the way, you know, however they would after this year. Them saying, no, we're going to release you, we're going to put you on the open market, should tell anybody else on the roster, don't do that. And EJ Speed said it best. The, the day, I think the day after the initial report first came out, we got guys at the facility and EJ, EJ Speed said, just don't do it. It's not worth it. And I think that's, that message hopefully is is resonating throughout the league right now.
0: Well, that's the thing, like, to EJ Speed's point, I don't think players personally should be allowed to bet in general. Like, I just, if I'm the NFL, because the integrity of the game is really what keeps us coming back, right? We watch the NFL because we truly don't know any given Sunday what is going to happen. And if there's even a thought out there that games are being fixed, George, you go on Twitter after any game or any team loses, that losing team's fan base is tweeting how the refs screwed them, the fix is in, the game is rigged, and that is with, right now, Nothing, none of that going on. If players were allowed to bet on the games, could you imagine what would be being said after losses, after controversial losses, after penalties, maybe all of a sudden that you look back, oh, did this player, was he really trying? Did he have the spread here? Did he have the over? I lost my bet, but does this guy, did, was, was this a sham? All of a sudden those questions come in and now all of a sudden fans are watching us because then you feel like, okay, this game is rigged. So there's now all of a sudden the uncertainty is removed. Also, I'm not gonna bet on the games because why would I wanna bet on games that I know players are betting on and maybe they have, and you would think they'd have more information like Isaiah Rogers would than me and you would. So I'm not gonna throw my money and and put something down there where players know more than me, and maybe I'm on the wrong side of the fix or the wrong side of the inside information here. Less betting means less money for the sports books, which means less sponsorship money for the NFL, which means to go full circle less money to the NFL, less money for players. It's all a common thread here. And that's why, because this all, the NFL and really all sports are propped up on the integrity of the game. That is by far the thing that keeps all sports alive and why we keep on coming back each and every day, uh, each and every day, each and every season. You remove that, you remove a large portion of the fan base from each sport and a large portion of money that's coming on in. So if you're the NFL, especially, I just wouldn't even lead or allow a slippery slope to develop of, oh, you can bet on college football or major baseball, but when you're at home or, or when you're not in the facility or when you're not on a team playing or in a hotel, I personally, George, just wouldn't allow it because I wouldn't want anyone to think, oh, I'm just, I'm betting on Alabama and Purdue this week, but oh, I kind of see the NFL. Let me just click on the NFL tab here while I'm home and let me just kind of see some spreads I like. I personally, George, I would just kind of take that all away and if being an NFL player, for however long your careers means you can't gamble in anything, I think it's a small sacrifice to pay for a lot of the glory, a lot of the fame, a lot of the money you do get throughout your entire career. And you know what? If you can't, if that's the sacrifice you're not willing to make, you got some problems. I Honestly, I would hope you call someone because that sounds like a, a bigger issue than we're you know, not to joke around too much, but that does sound like a pretty big issue. If you're going to favor gambling over your uh, career. But long story short, George, yes, I don't think players should be allowed to gamble in general. And I don't think it's a very hard rule to follow. And that's why I found the Colts, I think, they made the right call in cutting them. Because it's not only, like you said, about sending a message, it's all about trust, too. Like, we're talking about this team going forward here. Isaiah Rogers is a young player. And let's just say they were going to bring him back in 2024. And let's just say he learned his lesson, at least on paper, and we think, okay, he's going to be back. And he, he none of the Colts starters right now that are still young really kind of take over the position. So he comes back next year and plays well. Well, he plays well. All of a sudden, you got to figure out how you know how much you're going to pay him if you're going to pay him the big bucks. And a lot of those big time contracts, and a lot of really even team success comes with trust. Can you trust the player to not only do the right thing on the field, but be available to do the right thing off the field? And I just think now, when you look at Isaiah Rodgers, and especially again with Calvin Ridley being the large billboard, blinking lights right in your face for any NFL player of do not gamble on NFL games. Look what happens. The fact that I uh, for Isaiah Rogers, in this case, kind of basically be on the highway, look at that sign, drive right by and say, eh, doesn't apply to me. I just don't see you can trust him to then all of a sudden, if he plays well, give him a big-time contract, give him more money, and trust he won't make a stupid decision again. It doesn't have to be just gambling. It could be, again, something else that gets him in trouble on the field or off the field that now all of a sudden jeopardizes the Colts in a few years if they are truly playoff contenders. I just don't think right now for me – I think because it's so obvious with Calvin Ridley and the warning signs were clear and it's just such a simple rule to follow. I just think this is one of those situations where I don't think a second chance is warranted.
1: I mean, I can't disagree with anything you said. I mean, you look at it. i said before, Isaiah is a really likable kid. I think a lot of people in that locker room uh, think highly of him, uh, but he also at times has a, has a little bit of a tendency to make some bad decisions. Um, and I think this was one of those cases as most young people do I mean that's let's not forget he's 25 you know I think that's part of this too it, there's a lot of young guys in this league um who are making bad decisions I was fortunate enough when I was that age that you know, there wasn't even really Twitter or <laughs> anything so you could get away with more you know without people everyone knowing you know what dumb thing you'd just done Um he didn't break any laws obviously he didn't there, there there have been far worse things we talked about that before far worse offenses by an nfl player but in the eyes of the league this one's probably right up there just because of all the 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 details that, that you just pointed out and it's, there's enough conspiracy theories around the league as it is i mean every week you hear this game was fixed or that game was fixed or this team's tanking or that team's you know there, there's always something going on uh, that that people are trying to figure out if it's on the level. So you throw in the gambling allegations and now with there being 10 of them, it's going to cast a lot of doubt out there as it has to, you know I mean? It, the more players come out, the more erosion there is of that trust between the fan base and in the league and, and what's going on. And so I think these guys are going to face stiff punishment as they have. Um, and And like you said, it's not, when Calvin Ridley did it, it was new. He was the pioneer, if you will. Uh, now, that information's been out there for a year. If you're still running afoul of these rules, it's it's willful on your part. you know. And, and at that point, I think I feel for a lot of these guys because their careers in some cases are ending or at least being severely impacted by this. But the guys since Calvin Ridley knew what the result would be.
0: And that's why I still don't feel bad, even if, you know, when you, you see ESPN reporting that a lot of it, it has, and you mentioned before, too, a lot of the bets Rodgers made seemingly were his friends down in Florida because they couldn't bet legally in their state. Basically, having Isaiah put bets in for them and clearly some in, information was given with the over-under Prop bet that won uh, on the Colts in which the most money of any of the bets reportedly was put down on a $1,000 of the Colts hitting or whatever, whatever over under number they put down there, it worked and they won. But again, you it's just so simple, George. I'm sorry. You you just cannot have your friends and influence your career. Like If your writing career depends on you not gambling, your friends are texting, George, well, let's put this bet in, put this bet in. I would like to think you're smart enough to say, I can't do it. My career is on the line. You can say no to your friends. And the fact that, look, I yeah, he is young. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, especially in our early 20s, mid 20s. When you have all that money, I get it. It's tough. But those are one of those things you just you cannot fall prey to. You can't, frankly, just be dumb enough to do it. You, you can't. You cannot jeopardize your career on something so inconsequential as a $25 parlay for a week three spread that your friends in Florida love to do. I'm sure his friends in Florida have friends across the country somewhere that's not in that state they can put bets in that's not Isaiah Rogers Sr. Have them do it. You, you cannot, You especially with your friends, you cannot have them derail your career like he just did.
1: Uh, I, I can't agree with that more. You know? And, you know, if you're going to do that, don't bet on the league. I mean, I think that's the other part of this that makes it so simple. There is gray area. Like you said, whether there should be or there shouldn't be, there is gray area. You want to bet on every Pacers game as a Colt go right ahead. No one's going to look at you. As long as you don't do it in the locker room or on a road trip, you're fine. Right. I think that's part of what makes me, you know, more frustrated with this than anything. The guys that are doing this, it's so easy to avoid it. Now I will say the guys that got the six game bans this year for, for betting in the, in the facility, they have a little bit more sympathy for, because that really didn't do that. That wasn't widely publicized. But when you talk to the guys around the league, they knew the rules. They were out there, they've been told, you know, ahead of time. So they still knew. That one is a little bit more I think it's easier to run a foul of that one without willful knowledge. I just feel like if you're betting on the NFL as a player in 2022, with knowledge of what happened to Calvin Ridley, he was a
0: willful act especially when it's the league. Like I said, you can make the argument, you want to bet college football, and if you do it at home, it's legal. If you do it on the team bus, it's illegal, and you want to claim ignorance. Again, I I don't feel terribly bad for you, but I can understand a little bit of confusion early on still, like I said, outside of Calvin Ridley last year, especially there's not a lot of punishments before this year coming down on that exact thing happening. But especially when Calvin Ridley, and like this should have been the easy red flag. Calvin Ridley's away from the team. He's not in the facility. He's not playing. He still and made a small parlay that included the Falcons. He wasn't betting on the Falcons directly. He had them, I don't know, whatever, whatever it was, three, five, ten team parlay, whatever he had that day. So those details are out there. And you saw he got a year suspension, despite the fact he was not around the team, not in the team facility, not playing in the game. That should tell you right there, if you were an NFL player, wow, he got in trouble for something so small. I am in the facility. I'm an active player. I'm playing in this game. I'm giving out information from the meetings and, and the and the trainers I'm talking to from the Thursday practice. Where, like, how are, are no red lights blinking? Like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe this is even worse than what Calvin Ridley did. That's, again, just goes back to why I do not feel bad for Isaiah Rogers Sr. getting cut just because you had so many chances to think, hmm. Is this something I should be doing? Worst case, if you don't know, ask. Mm-hmm. Ask so that you can get answers. But yes, there some players are claiming ignorance that the, the rules are confusing with the NFL and the gambling policy. Again, for other sports, maybe. I'll hear you out on it, maybe. But again, when Calvin Ridley is suspended for the reasons you see it, that right there is clear as that. You don't need a meeting. You don't need a league official coming into your building to explain what you should and should not do. That right there as i think it says it in plain black and white george do not bet on the league and for whatever reason rogers thought he was above that
1: yeah it's like i said it's a willful act at that point you knew what you were doing and you did it anyway and so the consequences are going to be dire and they are you know i mean even we keep talking about him being lucky to 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 get a one year suspension which he is um but it would, for one thing, we're not hundred percent sure it's only going to be a year. We'll see if he, if he's reinstated at the end of the season or not. Uh, but also that one year is still significant. I mean, you talk about the average NFL career still being about three, three and a half years. He's at, after year three. Now he's already on the good side of, of, of that number. And you're going to miss a year. You know, you got 10 career starts. Your career high was nine last year. It's, It's not something that's going to be easy for him. I think he will get another shot, but it's not going to be at $2.7 million. And it's not probably going to come attached with a likely starting role, which is what he was going to have this year in Indy. You know, I mean you're not you're going to probably get a shot to restart your career, but you're not going to go right back where you were. It's not a save game situation and you're going right back where where you were when you stopped. He's going to pay a price for this in professionally as well. You know, and I think that's all these players. Some of them may never play again. And the ones that do, you're going to have to be Calvin Ridley talent for it to really just sort of, you know, be done when you get back. Like you talk about the trust issues, the rust that's going to be there from being out for a year. There's a lot of things that's going to come into play. So I think if, if you're a player out there now, hopefully you're understanding this, you know, this could impact my entire livelihood.
0: I'm sorry, I'm just trying to look at it. They took it off because he's obviously no longer on the team. What was his contract supposed to be for this year? Do you know the exact number? Is it like it over was a him? little
1: over 2.7. It was like 2.743 or something like that. But it's the vast majority of, of his money was in this year, as a lot of rookies are in six-round picks. This was going to be by far the biggest payday of his career, and he was going to be a free agent coming off a of starting year. If he had a good season, he probably could have tripled that number on his next contract not maybe per year, but the the total money, you know, it wouldn't have been out of question. And now you're starting over at square one. You know, you're probably going to get something far less than that next year and really just be a guy who's coming in and competing for a spot on the roster would be my guess, wherever he lands. Um, Because teams move on quickly and there's going to be rookies coming in next year. There's going to be other free agents. You're part of that whole thing and you are coming off a one year suspension It's not going to be easy. You know, Ridley is a different situation because he's a first-round guy and, you know, had some really big years for the Falcons. Uh, So he's going to be treated differently. There's no question about that. But a lot of these other guys, the other nine guys, a lot of them are, you know, either low-level starters or guys who are still trying to fight to make it in the league. And these one-year suspensions, in some cases, most likely will end their careers and even the guys that do come back, like you said, you're you're going to be back down that totem pole. You're going to start all over again and earn trust and and earn back all the roles that you had from probably in a new place as well. It it's definitely a significant penalty and one that I would hope will start to get players' attention.
0: And that's why I just I still go back to I just don't even see how it's worth if you're an NFL player to even just dabble in the gambling world in general, even if you're doing it right, just. one misstep could truly cost you because we're talking about right now, the best case scenario, the best case for, for Isaiah Rogers senior uh, senior's career is this. He costs himself, you said 2.75. So obviously he costs him that he's able to come back in the league in 2024, probably for the league minimum. Um, So right there, you're costing yourself roughly what? Two and a half ish, 2.2 million dollars. Just in that one one move because that is now the last year of your deal. Um, you would assume at least, you know, again, with, with the money lost, no team's going to really trust him right away. So you're going to get very little money. His play, obviously, like you just mentioned, is not anything to warrant more than a league minimum contract right now. It's because he's not shown anything. So you miss out on the biggest payday of your career so far up to date, almost $3 million this year. The next time you're on the field, nothing is guaranteed whatsoever in terms of a start, uh, starting spot. And you kind of had that this year with the Colts. You're going and then if you play well in a one-year deal, go back to trust George again. Are teams going to trust you if they give you all this money to do the right thing? And that's a really tough answer, a really tough, you know, your GM, really tough thing to say yes to. Plenty of talented players out there in any league. And there's a lot of them that GMs just say, you know what? The juice ain't worth the squeeze. They're talented, yes. But if I give them all this money, will I be sure they'll be on the field every single week? And again, for Rodgers, like, he's a good kid, right? This is not someone who's had a troubled past. This is a one-time slip-up, very stupid mistake by far. Um, so this is not a character assassination whatsoever. But again, now you have to look at it from a dollars and cents perspective. You only have so much money to go around uh, with the salary cap. Do you want to spend a good chunk of it on a guy coming off a gambling suspension in which maybe his friends got in his ear and, and directed him in the wrong way? Do you think he's truly learned? Or is that the you know do you want me to kind of be the team that's the guinea pig and saying oh all right, we'll get in the big time deal and see if he's actually learned his lesson? That's it's, it's, it's right. It's, it's hard, to hard to sell a team on that.
1: It's going to be hard to get guaranteed money, and that's what yeah. That, I mean that that's a big thing. That's a good
0: point. point. You know, good point. A lot
1: of those the numbers that you get are are just on paper, and you would think any team that's going to sign him to a longer term deal is going to have you know behavioral clauses in there and probably very little guaranteed after maybe that first year.
0: Last thing we'll say here, George, to wrap up this emergency pod, because this has been out there for basically a month, right? I know time does does blend together a lot, but it's been about a month or so since this news kind of first broke that he's being investigated into uh, gambling charges. So we've been kind of talking about the Colts, especially this year, acting like he won't be around. Now that it's official, now that he's no longer on the team, do you think this changes Chris Ballard's approach between now and training camp in terms of adding someone? Or do you think – I think it was OTAs, if I'm not mistaken, when the news first came out that he saw that, evaluated a lot of young guys in the roster, and they're just going to just go into training camp with one less corner. Do you see them being active at all now with this move?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of guys out there, so there's options for them. If they want to bring in a veteran, they can do that. I do think that there's – if it was me, I probably would do that. Something similar to the Brashad Perryman move on offense, bringing in a guy who's been around, who can kind of help these young guys grow – Uh, But there's also a case to be made to to let these young corners find their way. You know, I think Juju Brents is almost assured to be a starter. He'd have to really, it's definitely his job to lose. Let's put it that way. He'd have to really perform poorly in the preseason not to get one of these outside spots. That other spot's wide open, whether it's Darius Rush, Dallas Flowers, Jalen Jones, uh, Daryl Baker Jr. is a young guy who's on this roster, uh, who's had some, Gotten some some extra reps this spring with Rodgers not being out there. And then Tony Brown, who's a little bit more of a vet, uh, but really hasn't had a shot like this either, who would be getting his first big opportunity. And you're going to see them compete for that spot. Um, you know, do you throw in a Casey Hayward type, somebody like that, uh, who's had some history with, with this defense and with Gus Bradley? I think that's a possibility. Um, but I do think – I think the biggest thing, I think the way the key, teams are look at it is – Here comes major opportunities for these three rookies that they drafted. Uh, You know, if if you're them, you're obviously not excited about what happened to your teammate. And and you're not, I'm sure that they feel bad for him and then they didn't want to get it this way. But now you've got the same opportunity he had at an earlier point in your career. And I'm sure all three of them are just thinking about coming into training camp, seizing that moment, making the most of it.
0: I like the Brashad Perriman mentioned because if they're like, if that's your mindset of we're going to bring a veteran in not to compete for a starting job. I think that at this point is a mistake just with the season. Again, not being about wins and losses, let a lot of the young guys play, get their lumps. But if you can bring in a, you know, the equivalent of Brashad Perriman on the defensive backside, someone who has a veteran presence, someone that maybe, you know, still could be on the active roster, but is your third, fourth, fifth corner option, but just definitely bring some experience can help teach the young guys, the ropes, teach them a few veteran tricks, especially a corner where they're so young and experienced, kind of help accelerate their growth. I'm all in on that. But like you mentioned, Casey Hayward, there's a few other ones we kind of went through earlier. If you want to check us out, go back on YouTube or wherever you get your pods, Blue Horse, your pod. We broke down uh, the emergency pod of Isaiah Rogers' investigation. And there we did talk about options for the Colts in terms of on the veteran market of getting veteran corners on this team. A lot of the big names that fans would know are also looking for starting spots, right? They're not going to come in and be the mentor and the fourth corner on the, on the roster, maybe play sparingly. Those guys are there to b- get paid or be in a place they can showcase their talents for you and then go get one last big contract, which mean obviously means showcasing, playing a lot and starting. So if you're looking at, if Chris like taking starter, I think that's a mistake. But if you're mentor, kind of like Prashad Perryman, where he'll be on the roster, well, you know, Buried behind, you know, on the depth chart, but still there to to provide a veteran presence. I'm in for that. Um, because I do think that that can help this team uh and help, you know, their transition or, or the development, I really should say. Uh, if it can go any faster, that's obviously huge. That's what you need. Cause it's gonna be rough, George. A lot of inexperience, a lot of outside of Kenny Moore, blind leading the blind, especially on the outside as well. Uh, anyone that could be out there to kind of give some sort of guidance. I think it would be perfect for exactly what this team does need.
1: Absolutely. So it's a very young group and I think it's going to be outside of the quarterback, probably the most watched part of training camp. I mean, the corners get a lot of work. You, you do oh, a lot really? of the passing game, you know, a lot of 7 on 7, a lot of 11 on 11. Uh I think they're going to be among the most watched players this this summer because you really do want to see are any of these young guys stepping up. Dallas Flowers had a good spring. We'll see if we can carry that into the summer and into the preseason. Uh, Juju Brents, there's a lot of hype around him. Darius Rush has another guy that I think a lot of people are high on. be fun to watch how they develop, and and now they have real opportunity here to, to make a name for themselves early in their career.
0: That they do, and I'll say this. We saw a lot last year in training camp, the offense losing to the defense. If we're seeing a lot of wins for the defensive backs over the wide receivers, could be a little room for caution, George, but we still got plenty of time before, the training, camp, uh, before training camp does here arrive in just just under a month last time we signed off george because we're still going to venture into our little two-week hiatus here last time i said it we'll talk to you in three weeks i'm not going to put a timetable on it because you never know what's going to come out between now and then we may get an extension another suspension big time move whatever you name it i feel like this year especially this off season it's been very active and there's been no real lulls or dead time so i'll sign off by simply saying george i will talk to you soon Right here, maybe in three weeks, but but for for the mush gods out there, I will talk to you soon on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.